Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of Crossroad Limestone and Limestone Athletics. Hey, everyone. Today, we got Kevin Coffey on the show here. Kevin, how's it going, man? Good. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in Kingston, Ontario. We, uh, we got through some of the hotter stretches, and now it's starting to cool off for the fall. Yeah. See, this is always my favorite time of year for multiple reasons. One, the weather. Yeah. It's just not as humid because it was pretty gross there a few weeks ago. And football season. Yeah. And it's close to Thanksgiving, which to me is my favorite holiday. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because I don't I don't know many that their favorite holiday is uh, Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. You hear a lot of uh, in, maybe in the states because it's like right around Black Friday, so you might hear that. But in Canada, it's kind of the uh, maybe the forgotten holiday. Yeah. Uh, in well, terms of them. So, see, to me, it's like the best holiday because literally you just get to meet with people and you just eat. This is true because you don't have to really gift give. It's not like the uh, any of the holiday seasons. Or um, it's Victoria. It's it's kind of like the Victoria Day of holidays. The Thanksgiving one that is. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> so welcome to the show, man. Um, I guess you just got back from a little road trip. Um, yeah. I guess we can call the road trip your honeymoon. It was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah just uh, me and my wife. Uh, we got married on a Friday and we headed east on a Sunday. Okay. Well, what's the name of the bride? My uh, so it's Claire. It's Claire Bouvier. She's yeah, yeah. a yeah, she's a Kingston uh, Kingston person as well uh, of note maybe um as she works for different companies over the years has started many different uh entrepreneurial pursuits um she currently works for um the kingston development program so uh kedco and so um yeah she's her and i uh, headed out east okay that's wicked yeah because i met her once before i met her once before you know adam ferguson yeah yeah because i think he was at your wedding too wasn't he you know what? There was a few. There, yeah, we had one of those uh, late COVID introductions in oh, the sense okay, of yeah. like it was. Uh, we didn't get to, so since we've been together, I have met maybe an eighth of her friends. Yeah, because she knows, she knows a lot of people. She does yeah. know a lot of people, and so it's uh, it's one of those things where at the wedding I was still meeting some of her friends for the first time. We had a wedding, fortunately, of about 125 people uh, attended. Um, and which was kind of prompt impromptu in the sense that the government just had opened things up a month and a half before a wedding. And then we were like, and then people started messaging like, Hey, what's the wedding looking like? Yeah. And it was one of those things like, yeah, sure. Come on in. Come on uh, up. yeah. Cause we were going to, we had the, we had like roughly 10 people that we were assuming are going to be there. Like in terms of the, uh, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. And then like after that, it was like just family started coming in and like it was, uh, it became a bigger and better uh, wedding than we had originally anticipated and expected. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Especially after everything being closed totally. down. There's some people you probably haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Family members. Oh, and, yeah. So, no. Yeah. And then you guys went out east. Yeah. Um, I saw you got a couple good runs out east. Yeah, it was beautiful. So, we uh, we started in uh, PEI um, around the uh, uh, this sunny side uh, section of this, uh, the island. Um, and then we were there for a few days. And... Um, we were fortunate enough to uh, sort of travel all over uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, we didn't go to New Brunswick. Um, and, um, yeah, we were there for about two weeks. Uh, stayed about three days in each spot. So we were in uh, Halifax. Uh, Which PEI. is a great city. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually spent the majority of our honeymoon there. Um, but we, we found that it just offered a lot more in terms of 
entertainment, um, activities, uh, sightseeing. As beautiful, I think, again, I think PEI is a bit of a hidden gem, but just a, a fun sort of trivia thing that I learned about the province while I was there. There's only 160,000 people in the entire province. Yeah. And so you really, once you go from the main city to main city, there's just farm. It's just like farmland. It's, uh, you can really, um, you can use it all up in sort of, I, I think PEI, if you enjoy the province and the, the calmness of it, um, it's one of those things you could spend a lot of time there, but if you were needing to do activities or seeing different sites, it might not be the one to sort of spend a lot of time at. Yeah. Well, to me, I like, I would love to go there and just relax, like turn, like disconnect would be the word, right? Totally. Just, just be quiet. Um, yeah, because I only been there once because yeah. I went to school in Nova Scotia, like St. Effects. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we only went up there one day yeah. for a rugby game. And oh, that was cool. It. But um, no, I'd just love to go spend some time yeah. there. We went to Anaganesh as well. Um, yeah, yeah we checked out some of the X country. Uh, beautiful city. We went to. Uh, I wouldn't call it a city. It's a town. It's town. About, you're right. It's no. about three thousand people. <laughs> the university is about three thousand people. Yeah, it's five thousand. So it's really funny looking at. So I honestly like if I was if I had the option of like choosing different schools, going back in time and taking university from a different path, I probably would have gone to a smaller school. Like so, we went there and we also checked out uh, the. Uh, uh, Wolfville School. Uh, oh, Acadia. Acadia. And so we were going there and it was like beautiful. Like the, t- yeah. the it's you beautiful really, countryside. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because it seems like everybody knows everybody. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, like there's only maybe one or two sort of watering holes that you'd go to. Yep. And you can really do the town up and it's just sort of like your extension from a high school in the sense that like it's, you're going to know all the people in your program. Yep. And I think that's a really big thing that sometimes kids often overlook. Yeah. Well, when I went to St. Fax, I remember after first year, because you do the intros, the first year was only like 100 people a class, but second, third, fourth year, it was like max 20 people a class. So it's more conversations uh, with the prof, and you actually got to know the prof on a first-name basis, mm-hmm. and you go out, and you see them around town, you talk to them, like it became like a very community-orientated, so it was yeah. neat. What university did you go to? I So I started at uh, the University of Ottawa, and then went to Queens, and then finished at uh, St. Lawrence with... Uh, Health and fitness promotion. Yeah, but that's, fitness a, and promotion. Well, that's one of the times, that's one of the ways we know each other. Yes, yes. Oh, you yeah. were a uh, professor at that. Uh, I, I wouldn't program. call myself a professor because I say instructor. Instructor? But, yeah, yeah, you were an instructor of the program as well. Um, yeah, I think that was 14, 2014. Man, it was that long. Yeah, yeah that's I right. Know. I just it's, know it was a few years ago. It feels back. like a lifetime ago, but yeah, yeah it's, it was a few years ago. Okay, well, let's do a little backpedaling here. Sure. So you, you're a long distance. Long distance runner. Um, I know you talked about this in the past, like it's even up on your website yep. and all that. Um, let's get into the whole history of Kevin being the runner. Like, when did you sure. start getting to like f- your love for running? Yeah. Um, let's get into the the, sure. the traumatic episode. I guess we'll call uh, so. I've been a lifetime athlete. Um, it was one of those things where a lot of my sort of like uh, socializing in schools and things like that wasn't necessarily from the academic perspective, but it was more from the athletic perspective. At the recesses, I wasn't going to be, I wasn't playing, I think, what, card games, whatever they, uh, Pokemon, no. Whatever, no I don't know. Whatever, no, I whatever the card pogs, games were, yeah, whatever, pogs, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't a part of that. I was more a part of the, like, the, the athletic things that like we were playing baseball, we were doing, like, throwing a football, uh, maybe running some races, whatever would be at recesses from the very young age. Um, and then I continued that on uh, to high school. I was playing football, hockey, um, road all at the varsity level and then uh, in grade 10 I was in a bad car accident where I was actually the biker in the uh, part of the accident 
And uh, I was heading to work because um, I was strawberry picking on Wolf Island. And uh, I was cutting across. There's a really convenient cut through in uh, City Park where it uh, gets you from Court Street to um, Baggett Street. Yep, I know where you're talking very, about. Yeah. Uh, very quick, easy cut through. At the time that, um, of the accident, there was not a four-way stop. So it was a direct line from Baggett to... Um, so from West Street, the west sort of intersection there, there was not a four-way stop. And I, and I didn't see the car. The car didn't see me. And it, what the, the result was, was I was uh, struck by the car, and I flew about 30 feet and landed on my head. Um, the best part of the, the best and worst part of it was the proximity to the hospital. I was immediately taken to the hospital and, uh, they had to do a craniotomy. Um, so what that involves is the cutting open of your skull to relieve pressure from the inside of it. From the swelling, right? The swelling. Yeah. So it's more or less just like a really bad internal bruise, uh, that happened on my, my skull and my brain that is. And so... Uh, I was kept in a coma to sort of reduce the activity. So like, like most people, they sprain their shoulder, they do anything like that, they put them in a sling. Well, for the brain, the way that they approach that is they put you in a coma. So it, doesn't, so it uh, reduces the amount of activity that your brain is going through. And so um, with that, I was in a coma for uh, four to five days, and then they take you out of that. So it's a medically induced coma. So they just sort of, again... I don't know the, the science behind it, but what it does is it just stops you. It's essentially like they put you to sleep um, and everything's under control, everything's watched, um, and then they bring you out of that. Um, and so they brought me out of it. And uh, one of the first things that the, uh, the neurosurgeon told my parents were, he's probably never going to be the same Kevin that he once was because a lot of different things happen um, to yourself, both personally, uh, sometimes physically as well. I'm fortunate that uh, it was just... Uh, the cognitive abilities that were sort of uh, challenged, limited, um, sort of taken, yeah, so, uh, is altered. Um, but physically speaking, I didn't break any other bones. I didn't... Uh, like you had it, no other injuries. No other injuries. Like wow. literally just landed on my head. Um, and so from like a, a growing up perspective, it would almost... It's one of those things where it's like the, uh, the unspoken injury or you wouldn't know. So I walk into a room, unless I've got like really shorter hair, sorry, I've got shorter hair, or you can see my skull line, you can see the, you can see the cut quite, quite vividly even now, but it's one of those things where you wouldn't notice if I was wearing a hat or anything like that, um, unless like you start challenging the systems. And so uh, like in school, the way that it would work would, uh, like I would have to sort of alter my um, educational paths based on the, my cognitive abilities. So um, I, I wouldn't have to do first periods in high school. Um, I would have... Uh, Just so you had more time to wake more up. More time to wake up okay. and sort of like go through and also rest as well. Because like every injury, uh, both in all four... I've <laughs> spent many years in athletics now, the best way to recover from anything is sleep. Yeah. And like, it, with, without a doubt, if you're getting your quality sleeps, uh, you're going to be a better athlete. You're going to be a better worker. You're going to be a better, more efficient probably human, like, yeah. in all honesty, it, quality sleep is one of those things. And so it was great um, of the uh, team, the school, and everybody else to sort of set things up, um, giving me the ability to get more sleep. Um, and also, like, then, so I was still a part of the academic stream of uh, high school, but it would just, like, I would have a reduced course load, um, some extensions on projects. Um, I, I, uh, 
it's it's been a lifetime ago it's been about yeah. 17 years but i think more or less like just sort of extensions on projects uh different sort of uh study aids i was also fortunate enough and unfortunate enough that i was still under my parents um insurance prod- program or um yeah window or yeah. whatever they call it and so i was able to have uh tutors um different like sort of uh, aids that way both from an ot um like psychologists, um, people that would help me sort of like time manage, like again, because like most people at that age, it's a really challenging thing, um, to sort of get themselves from adolescence to teenager to adulthood. Well, your brain's still developing, right? Totally. At that time. And now did you know, did you notice a difference after the accident from like, did you ever look back? Like I used to be able to do this better or I understood this better. Or like, did you like, are you able to relate before the accident or is that it's it's on it so like i guess i could only relate it based on other people at my age because i it's one of those things like 15 is a weird age for most people as well because they're either like because that's when my accident was i just turned 16 and uh it was it's really hard to sort of make any sort of uh, definitive things like i was this person before because again it's sort of like that weird uh time in schooling as well where you're going from like regular schooling of grade nine and 10 into an either a university stream or a college stream or whatever stream you're going to be well, picking. The, the pressure's on with academic, your hormones yeah. are all, all over the chart. Totally. Like everyone at that age. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess that some of the normal, like I, I just like the sort of like memory recall was one of those things that I noticed it just, I had to put it, I had to sort of like learn how to study differently uh, to sort of make it so it was uh, something that I could remember. If I, cause it wouldn't be like before it would be like, I'd read it twice. I'd be like, Oh, I remember it. Uh, it would be like, okay, I've got to read it twice, write it out three times, uh, say it a bunch of times. And then sort of just like what used to take, we'll say 25 minutes to study would then take upwards of an hour to have to remember the same things. So you sort of like in doing so, I might be skipping ahead a bit here, but it's like one of those things you just sort of have to train your brain or train your work, uh, life schedule to sort of, uh, facilitate those changes like you just have to learn to adapt yeah that's it that's essentially what it is and i think that um yeah it's it's just it's uh it in everybody so again like with uh, traumatic brain injury not everyone's the same in the way that they're um going to be coming back from it um their ability to sort of um use it uh sorry um the way that their sorry their recovery rates, uh, the time that it would take to recover, uh, their ability of recovery, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Because no two brains are the same, and no two injuries of the brain are the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and then what kind of happened after that? Because you started going to you said Ottawa University. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you Queens and stuff. Yeah. Now were you running at the time then? Or I did, wasn't. So or I did just you just started. take some time off from sports? I did. Like, I just need to focus. Yeah. I actually it was one of those things where I don't think so. Two things. I couldn't play any contact sports because of the understandably. Uh, yeah. It's like you're essentially you're the worst concussion humanly possible, and like yep. you couldn't get away with it. Um. And so the, I couldn't play any sort of contact sports. I did play a little bit of uh, tennis, uh, but just sort of going through. Your, uh, your hand-eye coordination sort of like not – your timing of things just goes off. So it's kind of really challenging that way. I was allowed to play um, non-contact hockey. I think I played the Church Athletic League, like men's league, <laughs> yeah. whatever it was the last – Very like, soft, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really fun uh, in like the last two years of high school. Like our games were like 10.30 or something like that. It was like hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah so just like would show up for those. Um, but essentially like didn't really – 
I, I think that I was sort of motivated through other things and not necessarily the right things at that age because I had more and less time because people forget that kids really thrive off of a schedule. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't speak for every kid, but I think a lot of kids thrive off of having a schedule. And I think athletics gives them that sort of... Uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that everyone knows during the lockdowns. Because yeah. kids all of a sudden are just sitting at home. Yeah. They have to just kind of finish some schoolwork. Kids totally. just... Motivation goes out the window. 100%. Yeah. You're right. And so with that, like without being my ability to sort of be a part of sport again, it was like, I was like, oh, Friday night, I guess I can get a little more social than once we go again. And so I was able to... Like, pardon me. I like... Um, my sort of sport was just like going out. I love to go out in high school. Like I would always like be out every single weekend, different prices around the town, different high school parties. And it would just be like, that was sort of what I filled my time with. Um, yeah. And I think that's very normal. It is. Yeah, totally. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just one of those weird things where I think that I sort of fell into the wrong path that way. Yeah. And yeah. And so anyway, so we're skipping forward to, uh, so I finished school. Uh, I went on to Ottawa. Um, I, I, the first year was fine. Cause again, Everything was under structure. I had, I had residence. I had meals already planned out, uh, like things like that. So it was like a very like I could fall into the format of that system. Great. And then I moved, uh, I moved out and into a house with a few other people, and I just buckled. Like I didn't, I didn't know how to. Like it was one of those life uh, school balances. I couldn't figure it out. Like and so immediately, um, I was fortunate enough that the psychologist that I was working with at the time. Um, he had sort of like some pull and he was able to sort of transfer me out into Queens really quickly um, and was able to pull me into that. Um, did, did you know that like things weren't going well, like fast or are you like, I just don't know what to do or like, uh, how, like what was kind of the signs that I think, I think that I was starting to feel it because like my grades were not doing as well. Um, I was both like, um, I'm feeling under a lot of stress, uh, feeling as though it was, um, I, I, my, I, my family was like, man, he's really starting to cry. He's starting to, he's starting to buckle. And it's like, and it's so, and it was just one of those things where, um, I, I was like, okay, um, I think that this isn't the right option. And so it, it, then they pulled me out of that. Um, and we're like, this isn't, this is not going well. Um, and then I came back and lived with my mom for a bit, uh, cause she lives in town pretty close to the school. And, uh, it was like, okay, now I get to some of the, some of the routine back. Cause I, I, it's sort of fallen out of that, uh, systems like again through time management yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you you need to be organized. Yeah. yeah i need to figure that thing those things out as well and so yeah i i was fortunate enough i stayed at queens for i think two years i didn't end up finishing uh that's that's something i'm uh you know not proud to say but yeah. anyways i i started pursuing other things um and running was one of those and i uh i couldn't i couldn't facilitate at that time in my life um, like my early twenties to try to figure out how to be competitive in one thing, go to school and try to live a normal life. I couldn't do that. I think that's, um, it's one of those things where, yeah, it, it was just challenging for me. Well, I think that'd be challenging for anyone because yeah. you do see that we do hear about like athletes when they go to school and they're like, say I'm on the hockey team and yeah. they have a hard time balancing hockey, yeah. social life. And then, um, and academics totally. and usually there's there's that's three heavy workloads totally and usually depending on the people some people always have hockey first or mm -hmm. just or the sport i would say yeah then other people it's the party life yeah and that's when the other two fall apart if totally. they kind of pick their yeah. sport they can keep up with the academic they mm -hmm. don't get distracted but i yeah. think that's like common yeah right? without like a brain injury totally. or anything like that it's very common so mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I took some time off of school, um, started actually working at, uh, it was a gym that used to be here, um, Kingston Athletic, uh, Kingston, Shane Lakin Zone. I forget what the actual gym was called. Uh, okay. but so he was the Queens cross country coach at the time. Yep. Actually, we're going to go full circle. He's back assistant coaching. I'm now on the coaching staff with him as well there. Oh, looking congrats, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, but, uh, so I started focusing more on the sport of running and, uh, had to figure out that it was kind of a weird thing, but like, I was like, okay, I got to cut out something in life. And I think that the social aspect of like my life or part of me, the Friday, Saturday nights, took a little bit of a back burner because the Sunday morning runs would took a little bit more precedence. So it was like, I'd hang out with my friends during the week, but then like they were going out, I'd be like, that's ah, all right. I'm going to, yeah, I'll catch up with you guys yeah, next week. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hit up on the, uh, the weekdays or whatever when it's a little bit slower. And so, yeah, I just sort of trying to find that again, I think that if there's one take home that I could give to anybody, it's trying to find a life work balance. That's, I think that we all, we all now have sort of having to go through that same idea of like, let's try to find the norm, try to find our balance of that. That's crazy. No, and I, again, that, that's a very common thing because even for me, I have a, like my biggest thing was always try and find that balance between work, get time to work out and then see my friends, right? Mm-hmm. And you or like hang out with my wife, Tara. Yeah. And that's a very hard thing. Like when we get new members coming to the gym here, mm-hmm. there's like how many times should I come to the gym in the right. beginning? And I'll be like two to three times because you need to figure out if this coming here can balance mm-hmm. with like your busy um, work life, mm-hmm. your kids and stuff. And I think that's always a priority that you need to figure out what balance works for you. Right. And and with you saying like, okay, I had to drop a little bit of how much I'm seeing my buddies. Right. Because especially with the running on the Sunday morning, if you're right. going out crushing pints till <laughs> 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. and try and get up at 7, you can't perform as totally. well. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, it's a, a, kind of a, one of those things that uh, – you, a lot of people experiment it with because, like, again, a lot of like, like, so just like going through the processes of like first year athletics, and like, as I, I'm now seeing a little bit more forefront, I'm like, you know, it's like, get, like so, like, kind of like the the, re, the sort of role that I have in the uh, the Queens team is a mentorship, like, in terms of like trying to find like, and trying to get, like help the athletes sort of find their balances in life. Because That's great, especially first year athletes. Totally. And I think that it's one of those things, I was actually chatting with one of the athletes the other day about it just being like, they're like, like their first time living on their own. Like again, because like, I've been in the same situation where it's like, you know, it's pretty easy to live in a house. Like sometimes you're like, ah, do you have an extra chicken breast? Do you mind if I use that extra chicken breast? Or, ah, oh, shoot, I'm out of milk. Ah, oh, do you mind if I borrow the milk? But now, when you're, in, when you're by yourself and living on your own for the first time, it's like, oh, I don't need milk. Oh, I gotta go to the grocery store. No. And like, oh, I ran out of things. I got to do that. Like I can't rely on other people to pick up things for me or do things for me. You kind of have to be like, well, this is, the, you have to sort of a, a, have an agenda for yourself and it's just a good learning process. Now with your running now, I assume you organize all your runs for the week. You're like on the, at this time, yeah. like is that part of your, you need that full schedule to organize your runs yeah. around all that for like your mental release and to be able to organize base of your life totally yeah, it's funny you say that because i was actually just chatting with my wife about this before coming here because we were just sort of like now so i guess uh, it sort of segues into another thing it was i started um the miles marathon kingston group so awesome. it's a, yeah because i want to talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. and so i've got a few other things on my plate right now that are just that just got brought on after coming back from the honeymoon and uh i'm still running uh competitively and i'm just so it's just like we're she is an incredibly uh, woman in terms of, for, for a lot of reasons, but one of those is keeping me accountable, like keeping a schedule going. Um, like, she, like 
Claire is one of a kind in terms of like being able to set things up. And I'm really good at just following a routine. I've, uh, I've said this to, to my, uh, I guess my boss, but, uh, part of miles marathon owner, uh, Dylan Wikes, another Kingstonian. Yep. Um, yeah. Cause uh, he was also Olympian in the tw- 2012. Yep. He was I the marathon. I think yep. he might've been broken top 20 in the marathon at the 2012 Olympics. Yeah. I remember he did amazing. In yeah, that. yeah. He did one of the best, uh, placements in all Canada history. I think that him and maybe Eric Gillis were, yeah. Anyways, another X guy. Eric Gillis, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah he was sure. top. I think he was ninth at the Olympics or 10th uh, in Rio. Anyways, so like Claire has a really good ability of um, setting things up. And I'm like kind of like what I would say. I'm not necessarily a general in a lot of ways, but I'm a really good soldier. Like I can come out. <laughs> yeah, you will storm the mound and I you're can, like, go do that. Yeah. You know what? You give me a duty and I will do it. But I, it's not one of those things where I'm like, okay, there's 10,000 things right now on the plate. We need to organize those 10,000 things. But if you organize it once or twice for me, I will always organize it the same and be able to like sort of expand off of that sort of format. Like I, I don't know if I'm the only person that's like this, but I'm sure that applies to a lot of people as well, that they sometimes just need in their life people that sort of uh, help them start the process. Yeah. Well, it's a, you're just setting up patterns. Yeah. And you just repeat those patterns and it's the routine. Yes. Right? It's the routine of getting up in the morning. Um, whether you go for your long run first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. members come into the gym here, they come to 6 a.m., they go home, eat breakfast, yeah. get their kids off to um, school, they go to work. Like it's setting up the routine. We need routine. If When we don't have routine, that's when, to put it in your terms, you start to buckle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that's- no, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, building off that, what is the whole miles for miles to marathon? Like what, what, what is exactly that? Let's talk yeah. about that. Um, so it, it originally started um, in Ottawa with uh, Mike Woods and Dylan Wikes. So Mike and Dylan, uh, were, I think we were both injured at the time, but they needed something that was out of the norm. I think that Mike might have been working at a shoe store and Dylan was kind of between um, finishing the Olympics in 2012 and trying to get ready for the Olympics in 2016. And they wanted something that wasn't, that would fill up their time, keep them involved in sport and, uh, but give back to the running community, but keep them sort of involved in the sport, even if they were injured. 100%, because that's their identity. Yeah, that's, and totally. Um, and so it, it started in Ottawa, then it got brought it to Vancouver. I had just moved to Vancouver right around the start of the sort of first chapter of uh, Mounts Marathon. I think I was one of the first, like, three or four coaches that was involved with the process. Yeah, because I remember the one time I talked to, I think it was at the Invista or uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Henry's wedding. You were just like, yeah, we started this. Um, um, like you started telling me about it. Like, yeah. I'm out of Vancouver. We're starting this business. And yeah, that, it was. So. It's, it just did really like, so I, I, it was really uh, the timing of things. So in Vancouver, there was a couple of other groups that were sort of starting up. Um, there was like the, the big like run crew culture had really just sort of, just sort of becoming into sort of way. And uh, we were able to sort of like scale from, there would sometimes be practices where it'd be Rob Watson, uh, Dylan Wikes, and myself at practice, and maybe like four other athletes. So it was like a one-to-one go-to ratio. And then over time, it just kept growing and growing. And now on any given Saturday, pre-COVID, and I guess I mean, it's coming back into sort of a, a bigger scene out West, but they're having up to 100 athletes at each practice. It's crazy. That's it's, a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And so it really takes up. And like people just sort of are incentivized to come out. It's became a really good welcoming culture um, out there. And so 
uh, we, yeah, it just it, it grown and we developed now into a good partnership and working uh, relationship with Lululemon. They're our uh, they're our major sponsor, and so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's been really good sort of collaboration that way. Um, so yeah, it started there, and then uh, it's now shifted out to Burnaby, Calgary, Ottawa, and Kingston. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a couple other cities because I was on the website looking yeah. at that. I thought there's a couple more. Yeah. No, so there's just the, okay. there's Vancouver, Burnaby, Calgary, uh, Ottawa, and uh, Kingston. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you say a practice, what would a practice consist of? Like everyone just show up and you're like, we're going over drills, talk about like how we're going to pace our uh, mile or the kilometers. Yeah. And- so yeah, it's that's a really good question. So a lot of us like so what happens is we'll do warm up, uh, drills and strides, um, and then the workout. So currently, uh, just because of the great weather we've been having in Kingston, uh, we've been doing it at the Invista track. And so it's, it's really good uh, from an athlete coach perspective because you can always keep an eye on athletes as well. And it's good because I can like, you know, time everybody's sort of se- segments and sections um, or sorry, repetitions. Um, and it's, it's, uh, so, and they, then they do a cool down. It tends to be on their own. And it runs for about uh, anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half on those days. Um, and this, speaking of which, uh, like we just did a workout yesterday that was, uh, two sets of 1200, um, 800, 400. And yeah, they, the recoveries were 200 meter jogs. And after the 400, it was a 400 meter jog. And so it was just sort of a, give them a different sort of spin on things that isn't necessarily the cookie cutter system that other programs use. We sort of, um, have a really good, uh, workout base just because of, the athletes and uh, coaches that are involved in the program because we have a lot of um, excellent or Olympians. They don't you know. I guess you never divorced from Olympics. No, you're, you're, always, you're, Olympians. Olympians. you're always Olympian. Olympians. Former Olympians. Yeah, former. Yeah, some Olympians and, and also current Olympians are part of the, uh, the coaching staff. And so we all sort of like collaborate and work on um, ideas for athletes uh, from the very beginning to taking it all the way to the top. That's that's really our spectrum of athlete. That's a neat method of running too because I always find when people are like, hey, I want to get in shape. I want to start running. There's like, I'm just going to run 5K. Yeah. And then they run 5K. Yeah. And after a couple of weeks, they're like, how come I'm not getting faster? I need right. to run 5K more. Yeah. yeah. Like, or a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, well, there's a little bit more method totally. to, to it. Yeah. Right? And so that's a great education point that totally. like – yeah, we've um, a lot of periodized programs. Again, just because we've all been a part of like the systems long enough that it's one of those things where we uh, like some athletes may not realize this, but we sort of train them towards different events. It's like so right now in Kingston, for instance, like um, a couple of athletes have like I know a couple of people's sort of goals in terms of what they're uh, shooting towards. But some people might not realize it, but we're shooting towards like a 10K. <laughs> like, like uh, it, it, this just in, guys, we're shooting towards a 10K. <laughs> yeah, if they're listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we just, like, we ran a time trial the, uh, on Friday of last, or yeah, Friday of last week. And so everyone got to sort of experience it for the first time, how hard it is. Some people were like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I was like, 5K is a tough event. Because, 5K is a gross event. Yeah, it's tough because it's one of those things where you really have to go, you, you have to know yourself in terms of like, You'll see a lot of people start off very fast and then their last 4K are like maybe the hardest hardest times of their life. And then you'll see people that are like starting off very conservative and the last like kilometer is like they probably could have ran it really well. if They, they were in like them. a full sprint for the yeah. last 100 meters. You're yeah. like, you kind of held back a little yeah, too yeah, much yeah, there. Yeah. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, so it's been, yeah, it's been really good. And um, 
yeah, like right now, I think that's uh, typically, uh, yeah, there's no really, um, we, we're just trying to build a good culture, like in terms of like welcoming, um, inclusive, uh, again, there's no real age or um, a talent sort of uh, limiting. We will always be able to alter our workouts around uh, your abilities. So if you were able to do one rep of the 12, 8, 4, great. If there was a person who was coming back from injury, I just suggest that they do eight, four, two, like just sort of anything like that to sort of um, have you with the group, have you have a chuckle with them after. We still are doing freezies because it's warm out after. Freezies, uh, that's a good call. I like yeah, that. It, brings, it brings the community together for at least to catch up. Like, because a lot of people, I know, like myself included, sometimes it's like, They'll shift, they, so their mind is just on running. Okay, now I've got to go make dinner or things like that. We try to give, like, you know, maybe a five-minute catch-up, like, oh, like, how's your week going? Good. Oh, did you go to Rib Fest on the weekend? Oh, cool. Let's hear about that. Yeah. Like, different things like that where you can be, like, hopefully gain uh, not only the running experience but also some sort of friendship. That's what, that's what our goal No, is. I love that because especially on the website, you guys wrote a lot about community, but you just yeah. use a keyword culture, right? Yeah. And you're creating that culture where – like everyone's going to have different backgrounds. Totally. Right? And your background is going to be totally different than other people coming in, but you totally. guys all have a common bond, yeah. which is the running. And that having everyone stick around after freezies, mm-hmm. um, that's brilliant. Yeah. And everyone's going to open up more because mm-hmm. like it's the same thing here. When people come in, they're kind of quiet at the beginning of class, mm-hmm. but after the workout, yeah. everyone's way more chatty because they're like, you say they're on like that runner's high to use yeah. the term, but everyone's just more open. Everyone has their barriers down, mm-hmm. right? The guard down. And that's when like all the magic happens and that's what's going to get those people coming back. Totally. It, again, like you're saying, it's like the, you've already put, you've all put the same amount of pain in. For whatever that is, like you know, like if you tried really hard that day, somebody else probably tried just as hard as you did that day, and you guys can celebrate that. Like, oh, great work! Like, you know, man, that four hundred really killed me there at the end. What about you? Oh, that that eight hundred got me. Whatever it might have been. Well, misery loves company. Oh, totally. Yeah, and yeah. we all love to suffer. And like when I used to play rugby in university, it was, yeah. like we'll go for beers after with yeah. the opposing team, right? And you'll sit there and just have conversations with the other people because you just talk about man. You smoked me on that one hit. Like, yeah, yeah. You buried me into the grass. But yeah. like we love sharing like our challenges totally. among each other. And so, no, that's amazing. Totally. I got to ask you a question. So we went to this diner. It was called the on Main Street, the diner on Main Street. Did this, you ever... this is back to Santa Fe. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring it back. Did you ever go to the diner on Main Street? The diner on Main Street. Uh, it's part of a hotel. Above, above a hotel? It's a, a, right beside a hotel. It's like a motel. It's like a little bit beside a gas station. Uh, oh, is it's um, it's not necessarily. I guess it's been around forever. Yeah, uh, like but, but the name's not a diner. It's something restaurant, uh, maybe. Uh, something yeah, but, but like I thought there's like more of a name to it. Oh, okay, I think I know what I think I know what you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it might be. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna bash it, but anyway, it was like a very over uh, overhyped spot on uh, on Yelp. <laughs> well, the one thing you gotta realize with. Santa Fax, Antigonish, there's probably about three restaurants on a whole town. Totally. Which are also the bars. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have a lot of options, it's all relevant. Be yeah. like, this is the best spot right. to go. Be like, say in Kingston, be like, this is the best pizza spot. Right, right. But if you go to New York City, they're going to be like, this is the best pizza right, spot. Right. They come here and they're like, this is not good pizza. So that's the best way I like to put it. Yeah. It's like all relative. So maybe True. living in Antigonish for like four years – like that's, three years in, you're like, this is the best spot to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why. So. Fair. 
Yeah. I also heard you guys had a pizza corner, speaking of pizza. Or pizza circle? Um, like there was one pizza joint when I was there. Okay. It's called the Wheel Pizza. The Wheel. Maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That so, still exists. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, was, that is like a novelty. Like yeah. the pizza was good. But when you go there, like it, it's more like the nostalgia right. that you get like, right, right. eating that pizza, <laughs> right? Funny. So, <laughs> no, um, that's amazing. Now, when a new runner comes in, what is one piece of advice that like you would always pass them? Like, what is one common like I don't want to say flaw or fault that yeah. you see, but what's something that like you see a lot and that you like? What is one of the first messages you try and get to a new athlete when they come in that you're like, hey? We need to work on this. Totally. Um, I would say like from a mental perspective, it's do your run because there's going to be other people in the group or there's going to be other people around you that are not necessarily better, but they're more experienced and they probably know their sort of uh, body and their systems a lot more than the first time runner. Um, That's one of those things that you just have to sort of uh, not accept, but just sort of realize that there's going to be different levels of experience and different levels of ability. Um, so just to go out there and if the first day, you know, we all, we both decided uh, from the coach athlete perspective that you're just going to be doing one rep of this, or um, you're just going to be doing a, a, a 30 minutes of a run that just sort of like evolve with the coach because uh, the coach isn't trying to like hinder your performances or, Uh, trying to take you down in terms of like a peg he's trying to, or he or she, or they are trying to help you um, develop gradually in a way that's safe and want to have you continue on with the sport and not just become like, oh, I did my first 5k. I'm done. You know, because that's, that happens in all sport. I think that it's sort of, um, again, if I, from a, from the uh, mental part, it would be uh, to just go out there and run your run that day. And don't think about the other people. Um, purely from a running standpoint, um, just I think it takes a lot. Of, it's a little bit of a trial and error thing for at least the first three to six, uh, sorry, three weeks to about you might say two months, just to figure out the stride. Because if you haven't ran in ten, five, twenty years, whatever the different difference is, it's not going to feel natural. Running's a weird thing. It is a weird thing. It's a thing. weird it, thing like, for like everybody. It, and if you see people when they're running down the street, like yeah. some people just have this shuffle, right? Totally. And some people just aren't built for yeah. running, right? Yeah, That's totally. Like, and I think that uh, it's – everybody could be built for running. It's just one of those things where it's the biomechanics are going to – you're every time that you go out there, you're going to improve or notice something that makes your running feel better for you. That could be um, leaning a little bit more forward. It could be uh, raising your knees up a little bit higher. It could be uh, feeling like you want to be softer on your feet. Like those sort of little cues can sometimes help you um, ha- enjoy the experience better. Because again, not everybody's going to be running like uh, Kipchoge or other Olympians um, because they've just either had a lot of help with their training um, at a very young age, um, but also they've just been doing I, uh, they've been doing the 10,000 hours. They've been doing that for their whole life. So they put in the work. Well, they've been treating it as a skill too. Totally. Right? Because yeah, yeah. uh, that's one thing I do find that when people, when they start running, like they're like, yeah, I'm going to start running 5K. And they're like, well, I'm getting these injuries and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, well, how much time do you spend working on the skill of running? Like totally. when you said like you're doing in the warm-up striders yeah. and stuff. Um, like one, one thing I like to ask people is like, can you explain running? 
Can you I, I'll explain it? Because yeah. like we go into the gym here, we can talk about what a deadlift is. Right. Break it down. Boom, boom. This is what you do. Mechanics, yeah. hamstrings, barbell goes here. Then I'd be like, okay, now explain the same thing. Running, they're like, um, yeah, yeah. One foot in front of the other and just try and do it yeah, faster. Yeah. Or? I could describe it what it's not. So I guess it's. Let's two, hear it. Let's hear so it. So this like is it. so based on so running. What it would be uh, only basing this on the speed uh, walking analogy is two feet off of the ground at one time. Um, and, but I guess running, it's. A faster mo yeah, good call. It's a faster motion than walking that involves two feet off of the ground, but it looks considerably different from person to person. Not everyone runs the same. It's again, like I think um, I'm not going to say it's one of the hardest things to learn, but it might be actually one of the hardest things to learn in the sense of like, um, like you're talking about injuries and things like that. There's definitely uh, ways to improve your running, both from an ankle, hip, knee, uh, shoulder. even your rib uh, sort of yep, movements yeah. to sort of like help your entire body move better. But it's one of those things where it's kind of a learning or sorry, a process learned through failures, like because not failures, but like injuries, essentially you're like, Oh, um, I get shin splints. Okay. Well maybe it's based on your ankle mobility or your, uh, your, the way that your foot is landing on the ground or other things like that that may be causing the problem. But it's one of those things where you, wouldn't know that you had a problem with it until you have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you start putting like the, the mileage on that, totally. right? and they're like, yeah, like I've been running and like my knee starts hurting. When does it start hurting? Well, re- always around the five K. Yeah. Well, then that's a mechanic problem. Totally. Because it's the repetitive motion. And, and I like how you said through your, well, failures, but through yeah. experience and run, running is very hard because if you weren't taught how to run at a young age and mm-hmm. then like you're, you're 35 and then you're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to start running. Well, you always had it in your mind for the last 30 years of mm-hmm. uh, this how running. Then you have to come in there and change it. And someone totally. like you, we're, like that's your job. Like yeah. you're, We're working on changing mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Also, like it's one of those things where it's – you could sort of see it. So a lot of people, like either visual, auditory, different forms of learning may pick up the sport differently. So you might be like, oh, I'm, I sometimes will suggest athletes like, you know what? Just watch a race for a bit. Like – Just sort of like, and then think about it from your perspective of like, this is like, if you ever saw yourself like, and then like, I'll say like, have your partner, your friend, whatever it is, film you and then see like, oh, there's a bit of a difference between our two different strides. Like, and then sort of like, they might be like, oh, okay. Like, you're right. I definitely like hunch my back over. Uh, I land with my feet really far in front of me or other things like that. So you can sort of like go through because people's uh understanding of like what they what sorry their envisioning of what they look like when they're running and their actual running sometimes is so far uh one way or the other good or bad that it's like uh you just need them to show them the, what they're doing before you can sort of make any sort of improvements that way no the video team that's yeah. that's brilliant yeah. actually because we last year during covid like when we were allowed to start doing outdoor things we were doing a couple of running classes with our members here and you're at the track and you're running and I used you I was like guys <laughs> look how he's running and I was pointing at you and because you're, you're running like a this beautiful gazelle you got Thank this you. this um because I find a lot of people like you term like lighter on your feet yeah like you look very light you had that bounding where you your foot makes contact but you're pushing back off yeah other people are getting that shuffling I was using you as the oh, example you. I was like look at this guy go and mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of jaw dropping like man <laughs> like he's running like the wind right now yeah yeah no, yeah, I think you're right. It's just like, um, yeah, sort of like giving people and like, again, 
like anything that you try to teach anybody, give them in small doses to sort of have improvements, maybe up to three points, because after that, it's like, I'm done. I can't do it all. Like, it just becomes sort of like, like a bro- dog's breakfast. In yeah. It's, it's just like, say, hey, today, what you're going to focus on, be a little bit lighter on your feet. Uh, and it might give them sort of that, uh, that feeling of, yeah, I'm feeling good out there today. I'm moving really smoothly. And then maybe the next uh, couple weeks after they sort of like feel that comfort level with it, you might sort of suggest like, oh, now think about uh, bringing your knees up a little bit on your run so you have a little bit of a longer stride as opposed to like a little just tapping away. And just little things like that, just sort of introducing things into gradually. Because again, it's not like a light switch. Things don't turn on automatically repetition it's like i think that i think this podcast could be either schedule or repetition it's just one of those things where like it makes life and all parts of life skills just improve well going back like with repetition especially as you get tired thinking about your mechanics too totally right yeah so no no you're right this podcast is based about schedules (laughs) repetition getting reps in yeah but being very organized to get into that totally now what are you are you planning doing any big races coming up soon? Or? Yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate enough to be uh, I'm a part of the 10k uh, national championships in Toronto um, in the middle of October. I, I think it's the 17th, the 16th, the uh, the Sunday of that day. That was, or the uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, the weekend after. Okay, weekend. Well, I was weekend like, after. man, that's me. I know. Well, it's a bit kind of good though. You go for your run, then you get to eat a lot. Yeah. But. No, it's the weekend after the Thanksgiving. So I think the Thanksgiving is maybe the 11th or the 10th. It's the weekend right after that. Yeah, so I'm really fortunate enough that you're having a 5,000 people in-person race. Um, it's really good that it's the Ottawa Race Weekend and the Toronto Scotiabank Waterfront Marathon uh, or the Canadian Canada Run Series. Um, they partnered up, and so it's a really good. There's going to be athletes coming from all over Canada. Unfortunately, not over the world, I don't think, because of restrictions and things that are happening with the world right now. But it's going to be a great opportunity for um, some athletes to come in from West Coast or East Coast to West Coast uh, to race. So it's really good. Now, because um, the key thing on that is like having a good start because you want to be at the front there. Yeah, it's good. So what they're doing is like they're hosting us at the front. So it's really good. Um, so they're putting up about 100 athletes from all over Canada um, and putting up is different varieties. But it's one of those things where they're inter- – so it's, it's an application process um, and they sort of seed you based on your uh, qualification times – it's not over the it's over the last two years because of COVID, but it's good that it works out for some people because it, it's it was hard to sort of get into races um, if you weren't uh, invited into a lot of races in the last in twenty twenty. Oh, especially uh, you're also running in virtual races. Yeah, a which, lot of virtual races and things like that. So hard. I think that they did take some of those uh, standards, but I'm not sure. I I can't confirm or deny that. Okay. Yeah, and any big plans on the horizon other than that race yeah. any other projects that you're going to be starting anything yet because i know you said you got a lot of yeah. things on your plate yeah. here so um they, yeah right now i'm working with uh, the queen's cross country team um so they're uh under a whole different uh leadership uh, coaching staff and everything that's been taken over in the last uh like so this is the first running of it under the new coaching system um and so it's been a good opportunity to sort of uh have some fresh new blood, some new ideas. Um, yeah, and just sort of change things up that way. I guess the mile to marathon is uh, coming to my life as well. Uh, and so that's good. It's a really good opportunity to sort of bring uh, some of the information that I've learned over my life uh, to some other athletes in the community uh, in the Kingston area. And so that's been a uh, bundle of joy, 
Um, during ma- a marriage life. Too. Yeah, marriage life. Freshly good. marriage life. Yeah, we uh, we got married uh, about a month ago. Uh, yeah, we've got a house now, so that was a big sort of thing, setting everything up that way. Um, it's I'm sure it's apartment living. Let's just say, uh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I used to live in apartments, got a house. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's uh, it's good to have at least uh, twenty five meters between you and the next house beside you, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's good that way. Yeah, I'm just really enjoying the uh, actually living in Kingston for the like. This has been my first two years in Kingston since for about the last like for five years prior to that because I was living in Vancouver for a lot of years. And so yeah, it's been good. Okay. I'm really enjoying the new uh, scenery. Now, if people want to find you, uh-huh. what's the best way of them looking you up? Uh, so, I bet the best way would either be through Instagram. Uh, it's coffee, or sorry, it's at Coffee Runner. Um, How do you spell coffee? Just C O F F E Y. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best. I'm also on Facebook as well under my name, Kevin Coffee. Um, and if you have any questions about Mile to Marathon, uh, you can reach me at Kevin at Mile Two, uh, the number two. Uh, marathon.com uh, it's a good way to sort of just email me and get in contact with me that way okay no that's awesome thank you so much for jumping on here Kevin Bob thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure and uh, thank you awesome alright thanks man <laughs>